Hi, Insiders. We're so excited you're back for more Disney Movie Insiders Presents. I'm your host, Lisa. And this episode, we're celebrating Black History Month, and one movie we wanted to put the spotlight on was Disney's Safety. We're thrilled Reginald Hudlin, Jay Reeves, Thaddeus Mixon, and Corinne Fox are here to talk about their movie. Then we have special guests from the Disney Movie Insiders team to take on the Insider Five. Disney Safety is inspired by the true story of Ray McElrathbay. When asked to care for his little brother while playing football for Clemson, Ray's college sports experience is put up against insurmountable odds. With the help of his family, friends, and community, he is reminded it really does take a village. I'm gonna tell you guys, this movie gave me the feels right from the start because of the man we meet in Ray. From the beginning, we see he was determined and driven to earn a Clemson scholarship and pursue his dreams despite the setbacks his family presented. His decision to care for Faye really proved that although family may not always be what you want it to be, in this case, it was something worth fighting for. Ray's story was such a powerful example of sacrifice and selflessness. One thing that is truly inspiring. Safety is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. If you've already watched, or maybe it's on your weekend to-dos, we have an insider's fact you'll love. Did you know that one of the game scenes was actually filmed at Clemson University during halftime of a real game? The Clemson-Charlotte game was being televised, so production needed to work quickly. They had just seven minutes and 20 seconds to shoot four scenes. And with that fun fact, let's welcome our first guest, director Reginald Hudlin. Thank you so much for joining us, Reginald. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. Glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. I want to start by saying what a remarkable story and incredible human being Ray is. Any great story turned film has a journey. So when did you first become familiar with the story and what compelled you to want to be a part of it, direct it, and bring it to the screen? Well, I was very fortunate. Uh, uh, Mark Charney, the producer, heard about the story. He got the rights. He developed the script over a decade. And then finally, with the creation of Disney+, Plus, they were like, we love this movie. Let's make it. Let's find a director. They called me, they sent me this script, I read it, and I go, oh my God, let's go make this movie now, like now. <laughs> uh, and it's one of those rare times where it's not like, well, there's a good movie in here, we need to work with it. It's like, no, 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 this script is great, let's just start shooting. That's so cool. It sounds like very passionate, just about, again, the remarkable human being that Ray is. I'm very passionate about those kinds of stories. Uh, where real people are put in impossible situations and they find a way out of it. Uh, for me, that's exactly the kind of story that I get very excited about. And it was really an honor to tell Ray's story. You have your own inspiring story. You are truly tenacious in your pursuit of versatile projects. For those who may not be familiar with your work, you are a legend in the film and TV industry. You've been a director, producer, writer, and even ran a television network. And you know what, Reginald? Don't think we forgot about those Black Panther comics. This is a Disney podcast. We know. So with a lineup like that, can you talk to us about how you got your start? Sure. Um, you know, my uh, my old eldest brother decided to be a filmmaker. Uh, he kind of got into what was called independent film, right? And kind of outside of Hollywood. And you go, oh, so you can do that, right? That's cool. 
And I, you know, of course, I'm the youngest of three boys. So I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can do it, right? You feel very cocky about that. <laughs> Not that there was, I'm growing up in the Midwest. There was no path to get to Hollywood. But I'd said, well, I'm going to make movies too, but I'm going to make them in Hollywood. I'm, I'm going to go uh, at the hardest of all possible targets. So I studied film in college. And for my senior thesis, I made this 20-minute short movie called House Party, uh, which did very well. And uh, then uh, a movie studio years later said, wow, we like this short film. Why don't we make a feature film version? And I said, I happen to have a script. And that became my first movie, which was a big success. It debuted at the Sundance Film Festival. It won a bunch of awards. Uh, it ended up you know, being a huge hit. It made over 10 times its budget back. Uh, they made sequels, comic books, Saturday morning cartoons. It was a big thing. Uh, and one of the people who saw it was Eddie Murphy, who's a big star. So he called and said, wow, that's a really funny movie. We should make a movie together. So then we made this movie called Boomerang uh, with a bunch of people who at the time were up and coming stars like Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence and Halle Berry. Uh, and, you know, that turned out to be a huge hit as well. So then you're like, okay, you're in the movie business. So, you know, I made animated movie uh, called Bebe's Kids. Uh, and, you know, uh, a lot of people saw that. A lot of people who are now grownups grew up watching that movie. And then I got an offer to run a television network. So I ran BET for a while. Uh, then I left and then I made a movie about Thurgood Marshall. Uh, I, Quentin Tarantino called me and said, hey, I'm, I want you to produce a movie for me. So I ended up making this movie called Django Unchained. Uh, then I did a documentary called The Black Godfather, which is on Netflix. And now I get to make a movie with uh, fine folks at Disney. It was truly meant to be. It sounds like every step of the way, everything was just propelling you in life to keep going and seek more. Yes and so, no. so cool. This, this, oh. this is the thing about stories, right? Because mm -hmm. when you tell someone's life story, they just go, here are all the highlights, right? But between almost all those highlights, there was something terrible that happened. And there was a disaster. <laughs> and there were people who pretend to be your friends and they're not your friends. You're like, you're dead. He's over with. Ha! You know, so the fact is, it's very easy to go, well, it was just like this. And it's not. It's this. It's always that. So and I, I say that because I don't want people to be discouraged when they have setbacks. Every success story is packed full of setbacks. And you know what? You just, you just, you just get up. Nine times down, ten times up. That's a winner. Okay, you basically just answered my next question because I was going to ask you, okay, what do you have in terms of advice for someone who wants to become a director? And I wasn't going to limit it to that, though, Reginald. I was going to mm -hmm. say, because you're so experienced, successful, life advice is welcome, but you're saying it right there. You're saying that life is a journey. There's the highs, there's the lows. It's it's just something you have to stick at. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, cer certainly. I mean, you, I mean, and to, to stick at it, it's got to be, you've got to have fire in your belly. Like, I want this more than anything. And, you know, there's that point where you go, I could go out with my friends or I could stay <laughs> home alone on Saturday night and work on my script. And you just go, well, hanging out with my friends is a lot more attractive. True perseverance, 
true determination, truly inspiring. You know what? It sounds like you are truly a man who loves to conquer a new challenge. We've got to talk about that epic football scene. In the movie, what was it like filming at Clemson during a live football game? Well, it was pretty intense on every level. I mean, the good news is that the people at Clemson were so supportive of the movie. And they were like, we love you. We love the story you're telling. We want to do everything we can to help. We're like, thank you. They said, but you want to shoot during halftime of a football game. You're not going to mess up football for us. We're like, no, we're not. We'll work with what you got. So they're like, look, you can shoot during halftime. Well, not all of halftime because, you know, the band has to play. So we'll give you half of halftime. So that's basically 10 minutes. And usually if someone's shooting a sports scene during a real sporting event, they have one scene. We had four. So we're like, okay, we're going to shoot these four scenes in half of halftime. That's 10 minutes. Okay, okay. And, uh, and... <laughs> the plays were complicated. So we worked with our actors who were working with real football players, people who, who played college ball, people who played pro ball, and they practice and practice all the moves. So it just looked great. And then the camera operators start practicing with them. So it's like ice capades. So when the football players are moving, the camera guys are moving. So they all have that coordinated. And we're like, okay. Now we knew when we got there, it was going to be so loud. We said, look, we can't rely on walkie-talkies. We can't rely on cell phones. We got to use flags. You know, like in the, you know, when they, when they were using on ships in the 17th century, we, we went there. We went back super old school. It's like, here, we got our flags. And then we found out that the head of the studio said, oh, man, I want to see you guys shoot the game. So he's flying in. So we said, okay. This is the most high-pressure part of the shoot. We've only been shooting a week, and our boss is there to watch. So either we're going to be the hero or we're going to be, uh, like, it totally embarrass ourselves. So right before we start shooting the scene, we, we, we tell uh, the audience, because it's a packed stadium, we're like, please, we know it's halftime. Don't go to the concession stand. Don't go to the bathroom. Just stay here and support us Watch making the movie. Everyone stay in their seat. I warn my actors. I say, look, you're going to run down this hill to Death Valley. You're going to hear that crowd. It's going to be so loud. Your, your adrenaline's going to peak. Don't get overhyped and trip and twist your ankle because we don't have time for, for makeovers. Like, this is it. Everything's got to be perfect. So they said, okay. So we go action, and the crowd cheers. And the crowd's so loud, I can feel it. I'm like, it's like a physical thing hitting me. And I'm like, oh, I can't lose it. Please don't lose it, Reggie. So calm down, calm down. So the actors run down. We shoot all the scenes. We get it done in seven and a half minutes. Boom. Does it even feel real? Like, is, was, it, does it, was it just like an outer body experience almost? Total all of that adrenaline. Of, yeah, total out of body experience. And you're just like, okay, we just did the hardest part of the movie at the end of week one. We're, <laughs> we can, we, we're good. We are good, good, good. <laughs> so, so cool. I, lo- I really, honestly, I felt in that moment with you as you were describing it. You really, you've told the story and I was right there in it with you. So talk to us about that, though. There's a lot of excitement in moments like this. A lot of things going on. How do you keep the story as true to what happened in real life? Well, the great thing was Ray 
hung out with us. You know, Ray, we he was right there. So if we had a question, we'd ask him. Or, you know, and he also really bonded with not only uh, Jay Reeves, who played Ray in the movie, but the entire cast. So they would all go work out together. So in the morning, they would do the workout that we set up for them. And then Ray would go, okay, tonight we're going to do my workout. We're going to do the real football player workout, which was horrific. I didn't even want to know what was going on. I mean, like. Ray, it's so intense. I was like, good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I'm your leader, but I'm going to pass you off over here for one second. There's the physical leader right there. <laughs> I have your, you have my support. Good luck. <laughs> so can you talk to us about what the fan reaction has been like on this film? It's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, honestly, you know... The the when we were editing the movie, right? I would invite people over every other week. You know, you'd have like five people, ten people. You know, people in the movie business, people not in the movie business. I'd have a carpenter over. I have some kids in college just to watch people watch the movie, and they would be crying. And I'm like, oh, I drink your tears. Your tears bring me joy because you can't fake that. Right. If you're if you're moved to the point of tears, then I know you're really engaged in the movies and you care about the characters. So then when the movie comes out, uh, you know, I go on the Internet and, you know, the Internet is where hate lives. Right. I mean, that's where everyone gets to be mean and nasty. Although they're keyboard because no one can you know confront you. And I'm looking at the responses and all I see is people loving the movie. I keep scrolling, looking for something negative. I can't find it. It's just people loving it. So I'm like, you know what? People people like the movie. I love it. And you know what? Honestly, I really can relate to that because, again, it was raw, authentic emotion that I was feeling as I was connecting to the story as it continued to unfold on screen. And then not only that, but it sticks with you. So I'd have to say if there was you know, at least one or two messages that you want people to be just truly moved by from this film. What's that lasting impression you're hoping movie watchers have? Well, Ray's a guy who made a way out of no way. He was in an impossible situation where he couldn't let down his family. uh, But, you know, if he was going to help his family, he would blow this opportunity, which could lead to the biggest chance to lift everyone else out of poverty. So it's like he's in this crazy catch 22 and he thought in a very unconventional way and made hard choices that forced everyone else to make hard choices. Uh, Cause he said, look, I'm going to honor all my commitments, my commitment to my family and my commitment to my team. And it's up to you to tell me that I can't do it, but I'm all in. And, uh, you know, so he took charge of his situation. Instead of sitting there hoping that other people uh, would do right by him, he said, I'm doing right. Now, what are you going to do? And mm-hmm. I really respected that as a strategy. I want to hear what you're excited about for the future. It's Black History Month, and here at Disney, we're excited to celebrate Black history and stories that have already been made. But we realize we're also making history here and now. What do you want the history that we make to look like? 
first of all, is very important for everybody. I don't care uh, what ethnic group, where you're from, who you are. It's important to know black history because black history is American history. Black history is world history. So you're not fully educated unless you know all the parts which tragically very, uh, very often get left out when you get, you know, your quote unquote education. So uh, it's incumbent on you to be a, a well-educated person to find out the information that was not given to you uh, because of racism. Because uh, you be you will be a more complete person if you know all the facts. Uh, secondly, once you do that, once you start educating yourself. Then you go, oh, now I, I understand how the world works. I understand ways to make things better. Okay, what am I going to do to continue that movement? Because when you look at these heroes, yes, you look at Harriet Tubman and you look at Martin Luther King and you look at Malcolm X and you go, they did great things. But, you know, they were just people. And they were just people going up against impossible odds and they succeeded. And the inspiration shouldn't be just yay for them. It's like, okay, well, now I've got the baton. You know, what am I going to do? And it doesn't matter if you just change things in your house or your neighborhood or your city or the country. You, you know, you'll be surprised how much power you have if you admit that you have power. Very powerful. It's that ownership. It's the acknowledgement. It's the action that I think is upon us. So thank you so much for saying that. I want to kind of further that that bit about heroes. You're talking about real life heroes, but one that's really special to us from the Disney side from a superhero standpoint is something that you were so, so a part of, which is Black Panther in the comics. Mm -hmm. What was it like to be a part of the legacy and to see it come to life on the big screen with someone you worked so closely with, Chadwick Boseman? Well, it was really satisfying because I grew up being a very intense comic book reader. I remember when I was a very little kid and Black Panther first appeared, you know, in uh, Fantastic Four, and then he got his own series. And, you know, I always loved him. And so when I got to meet with the folks at Marvel Comics and we're just talking, I'm just a fan. I'm happy to be there and say, well, what comic book are you going to write? I'm like, oh, oh, I, this is a job interview. I, I didn't know. I thought I was just visiting. And so <laughs> I said, well, I want to write Black Panther. And he said, OK, you can write a six issue miniseries. So I was like, ooh, and I'm so excited. And I tell all my friends, man, I'm going to write Black Panther. And they're like, that's great, Reggie. Well, who's that? I'm like, dang, nobody knows. So I said, well, in these six issues, I'm going to explain it. So everyone knows who Black Panther is. So the first story I wrote was called, Who is the Black Panther? And I explain who he is. And then I really start digging in. Because the great thing about comic books, you take the basic core ideas, but you can things. You can change things. And one of the things I changed, I was like, well, he's royalty, right? So he wouldn't be an only child. He should have a sibling. So I said, I'm going to give him a little sister. So I created Shuri, which didn't exist before. So and cool. I said, she's going to be this girl who's super smart. She's strong. She's a, you know, she's a warrior. She's basically, she's just as qualified to be the Black Panther as, as T'Challa is. So uh, I was really happy that, you know, everybody loved her and embraced her as a character. And then eventually I made her Black Panther, you know, because I'm like, basically 
my goal was I wanted my son and my daughter to dress as Black Panther for Halloween. So <laughs> I said, well, if I write it, it will be. So then when Chadwick uh, got cast as the Black Panther and we met and he knew I wrote the books. So we instantly like talked for hours about what martial arts style should he use and what's the government of Wakanda. We just got into this really intense conversation. And then we worked together on a movie about Thurgood Marshall with that he starred in. And then uh, our costume designer said, hey, Reggie, I've got to leave the job two weeks early because I'm going to do Black Panther. I'm like, great. Here's some costume ideas you should incorporate. So we started talking about it. So uh, then when I went to the premiere and I brought my son and I saw the movie, and I, which was great. But then I saw Shuri, and it was weird because she's a character that I created. And usually if I create the character, I make the movie. So it was, it was like I created something and, I, and, and someone else had it. And she was perfect. Letitia did a perfect performance. It was exactly the way she should be. And it was just such a joy to see uh, it come to life. And then... I'm at my kid's school and it was Halloween and they had a big Halloween parade. And there was all these kids, black, white, Latin, Asian, and they're, you know, girls and boys, and they're all dressed like characters from Black Panther. And I was like, this was the plan. <laughs> this was the plan. It worked out. Reginald, I got goosebumps. I'm getting all the feels. You're talking about that authentic, like, emotion. Oh, I am so, so grateful. And so honored that we were able to talk to you not only about this inspiring story safety but just your experiences your lifetime of i can't even think of another word inspiration you are truly an inspiration to all of us and i just want to say it's been an honor thank you so much reginald thank you so i'm pretty excited you guys because also joining us today are the three actors from safety jay reeves Thaddeus Mixon and Corinne Fox. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. So good to have you guys here. I want to start by saying something I'm sure you're well familiar with at this point. What an inspiring story. Were you guys familiar with the story before being cast? And Jay, I want to start with you because, of course, you play the iconic Ray now. So let's start with you. Um, I actually wasn't familiar with the story uh, going into it because I was actually about Thaddeus' age when it was all going down. But I did get familiar uh, really quickly and I just dove in and then I found Ray on Instagram and I was like, hey man, tell me more about your story. Tell me the stuff I can't find. So I just I just became a fan, a huge fan and, and you know, did my homework. So now I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, let's talk about the character that you play Thaddeus as well, because obviously you're very closely connected to Jay's character. But tell us, did you know yeah. about the story? And tell us about your character. Um, you know, actually, I didn't know about the story till I actually got on set, because, you know, in 06, I wasn't even a thought. <laughs> I, was, I was born in 2008, so I didn't know anything about that during that time or nothing. So when I got on set, yeah, that's pretty much when I learned about you know, everything that happened and I went and watched videos about it and everything. Very cool. And Corinne. 
Yeah, you know, it was funny because when I read the script, I was reading and thinking, I remember hearing about this. Like Jay said, we were probably um, TJ's age when this happened, but my mom watched Oprah all the time and he had, Oprah did a, uh, a segment on Ray. And so I, I feel like I saw it in the background. It was something that I was familiar with, but then obviously reading the script and then learning more about his story and then getting to set, we really got immersed in everything that he had to do and sacrifice. But I did I did kind of know his story going into it. I like so much how you guys each called out how like this was a different time in a different place when I was watching it. <laughs> right? It was so fun. What was really cool is that I got to drive a car and when I was 11, my dream car was like a blue um, like bug, those like beetle bugs. And that's the car I got to drive in the movie. And I was like, this is my dream come true. My 11 year old dream come true. I think Barbie, yeah, I think Barbie had one and that's where it all came from. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you guys also kind of talked about Ray a little bit, a little bit of the prep that you guys did to get into this. I want to focus on right now, though, football training, because it's a it's a movie set against football. Was there any training <laughs> tied to football? Ooh, there was a lot of training tied to football. I mean, uh, before even getting out there to South Carolina or Atlanta, Ray and I spent a lot of time just working at the local gym here in Los Angeles. You know, he trained me, he trained me, he trained me, and then he trained me again. And then we went to Atlanta and then we just put it all together, you know, where we got all these D1 football players we were surrounded by and we just matched their hustle. So uh, I had a lot of football to do. And um, it was I was like, it's, it was great because I got in the best shape of my life and I've been able to, to maintain it. So it's been great. It's been great. And uh, <laughs> uh, one of our players actually threw up because it was so much work. But, hey, that's that's the sport. You know, that's what we signed up for. So it was awesome. Getting in the game, fully immersed like Corinne said. And you know yeah. what, Corinne, I heard a story that you might have joined, not necessarily a training day, but maybe a workout of some sort. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, you know what? I realized that the guys in the film, they were all bonding through working out and I I don't have I didn't have to work out for my role. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to join in on one of them, you know, bond with the castmates. And actually Ray was leading our our cast workouts as well, and I didn't realize that they were really training like D1 athletes. So I come in in like my little yoga leggings, thinking this is just going to be a fun bonding time. We're running through the city of Atlanta, like yeah. blocks, like miles, right, Jay? Like miles. Yeah, yeah, it was miles. For and sure. I remember oh thinking, Grid, do not pass out right now. <laughs> do not pass out. Um, needless to say, I did. Um, I never went back. That was. I did one one workout, and that was it. <laughs> I was like, I I'll see you guys at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Smart move. I would have been right there with you. I can totally, oh, I can't even relate, but that sounds like I would do just But props to them. They, they did an incredible job dedicating themselves to, to really becoming uh, athletes and, and getting their bodies where they needed to do the role. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So Jay and Thaddeus. Uh, we already know about Ray. Did you both meet your real life counterparts? Like, talk to us about that first meeting. And then, how did you work together to accurately portray them and their stories? All right. Yeah. Well, um, well, like before, yeah, I think it was probably like maybe three scenes I had shot before. Oh, we kind of went to this little 
uh karaoke little party thing that we were all at and stuff and Famar was there because I had already met Ray and we were just we were all just doing the training process and stuff and when I met Famar I got to actually talk to him about you know like what to go and show to the camera and to portray how he felt during that time and he gave me some great advice and you know he's a very chill quiet dude and I got to meet him and it was just a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it was the same thing with Ray. I mean, I, I met Ray actually at the gym in our first interaction. I'm like, hey, you want to go get some food? And he's like, no, nah, let's work out. So uh, the first couple of times we got together, he was really quiet, concerning. Like, it, it was concerning me because he was not talking to me at all. And we were just lifting weights. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if he thought I was getting in shape or not or what was going on. So, um after after weeks went by he started to open up more and then i got to you know see what was going on in his mind and most importantly at the time i mean what a rare special experience to have him on set there every day how did that kind of evolve as you guys were playing these characters um he definitely loosened up <laughs> for me at least <laughs> towards me <laughs> because ray was definitely he was he was on my he wasn't on my back, but he was I felt his presence every single day, you know. So uh just to know that I was making him happy while we were in the process, I was like, okay, you know, I'm at least I'm, I'm hitting my job in that corner. You know, now I just gotta do everything else. So it, it was crazy, but it was definitely worth it. Where we talk all the time. I was just talking to mm -hmm. him maybe three days ago. And uh yeah, we just keep the ball moving. I think what's really um cool to point out is that he was not only like on set with us but he's actually like easter egged in the movie so yeah. he's in the back yeah. of a few scenes or he's um he was a was he a, a football player he's a football player for sure yeah, yeah. He's a football player <laughs> with like a helmet on so you don't know it's him like he he he's actually in the movie as well as well yeah. Corinne, you're encouraging a rewatch right now. Like everyone's gonna go back. Well, what's really cool is is in the the really big scene we have at the end when um Jay is doing his very long monologue and he does a great job at it. Like right behind him directly is Ray. Like if you watch it, he's just right behind him, looking right over his shoulder, him. which is really yeah. really cool. Fast forward to me like an hour from now, and I'm like on my <laughs> remote going to that yeah, scene. Yeah, you'll see it, and you'll be like, oh my God, there he is, right, looking over Jay's shoulder like he was all three months we like, filmed the movie. Yeah. Corinne, I've got to say, though, I love your character, too. Talk to us about Casey, and then also what connected you to this story and got you excited about this project? Yeah, so uh, I play Casey Stone, who isn't based on, you know, one uh, figure in in Ray's life. She's kind of, a, I think, a mix of a lot of different people in his life put together. But she's a sports reporter who meets Ray and is attracted to him and then learns of his story and really wants to help um, encourage Ray to ask for help. And so I think what really what really attracted me to this project is I at the, actually at the time had two sisters who were 11 who were the exact same age as Famar and I was just thinking if god forbid anything happened to my parents I would 100% show up in the way that Ray did. And so I mm -hmm. think I had that I had that maternal instinct towards my own siblings. And just seeing everything he did, all the sacrifices he made for his brother, just really touched my heart. And I felt like this was such an important story to bring to the screen. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Yeah, that's literally the takeaway that I got. And I know a lot of 
our audience got watching this movie. It's just all those takeaways, how special this is. So thank you for sharing that. One person that we got to talk to earlier, which is super, super special to us, was Reginald Hudlin. Talk to us about working with him and working on a Disney project with him. It's pretty cool. Hey, it was amazing. Like, he's like Uncle Reggie to me now. Like, we do. I talked to him. I, I, I forgot why. I, I talked to him recently, actually. But yeah, it was my dad and him talk all the time. They got a close relationship. And then an amazing experience that I had with him and working on him also was you know, we had, when the billboards had just first came out, we didn't know that we all were going to, like, go and see it together. And me and Jay went to go there and go take some pictures. It was like, it's like a huge billboard with just our two faces. And we was like, wow. And then um, Reggie came through and he was like, oh, snap, there's Reggie. And it was just, it was a crazy and fun experience. And then we all, like, reunited and just had a lot of fun talking about the movie and that we didn't know that this was going to happen. And really, it was just a really fun experience. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, Reggie, <laughs> he just makes me like warm from just thinking about him. I talk to Reggie pretty often, actually. You know, he is like Uncle Reggie to us. Um, even on set, he was playing music and I'm in my head thinking about the next scene and he's just over there. I'm like, oh man, he's probably listening to some feedback. And he's like, no, I'm just <laughs> listening to music, you know, but he was moving forward and keeping the energy up and that helped me a lot and it just, it just went over to everyone on the, the cast and crew, you know? So Reggie's awesome. He's He tells us so many stories. He's just great to learn from and work with. Um, and, and I mean, and for me, I would say the same thing that Jay said, that he's always playing music on set. And I think he did such a great job at balancing this experience for us where it was lighthearted. It was fun. We were able, and the movie is also fun and funny and um, so we needed that, but then also giving us the notes we really needed to get to the places we needed to go in the in the heavier mm-hmm. scenes. And um, I think he did a really good job at creating an ecosystem on set that felt safe for us and was fun to show up for work every what day. What better experience could you ask for? I mean, that's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> so Corinne, you talked about this, how you were able to identify with things with Casey's story and also the story itself. I want to hear from Jay and Thaddeus in the same way. Were there anything that you identified with with your characters as well? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, my character is like a cool, weird, but funny. And like, he has great comedic timing, I guess. I mean, I would call myself cool, but <laughs> yeah, so I would say I'm pretty cool. You're and really cool, TJ. You're way cooler than me. Way nah, cooler. Thank you, guys. <laughs> But also, we have a really strong relationship. Well, I have a really strong relationship with my brother in the movie. And, you know, I don't have any brothers or sisters. I'm my only child. But me and my dad were super, super close. So it was like just going off of that. And Ray almost becomes like a brother, a, a, a dad to me in the movie, pretty much. So I can relate to that a lot. And he's just a really cool kid that likes football. And I love football. <laughs> Same. I love football myself. You know, um, I actually grew up playing football, but I never I never thought I was going to be playing like, you know, at that level because I put it down. So like to, to act. So it, it was pretty cool. And that's how I was able to relate with it. You know, just the grind and the hustle. And then I have a little brother and me, my little brother and I until this movie, we were just like, you know, he was so much. There was such an age gap. So I never really connected with him, but now we spent so much time and I got to get close to Thaddeus right here. You know, like he's always DMing me and talking to me on Instagram. So we talk all the time 
And uh, just to see, like, it, it's, it's really just changed my life in so many ways. The whole element of family, what it takes to put that first, you know, and get what you want. It just, it just resonates with me. And the mom, oh my gosh, the mom, my God. Like that really hit for me because uh, I never had a mom that was on any type of drugs or anything, but just putting my mother in that situation just hit my heart and yeah. Boy, yeah, to <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank, you too, thank all of you guys, everyone. but yeah, it was amazing. I can sense right there though, that you guys all formed a really great bond. Can you talk to us about that? Like talk to us about some of those off-screen moments, those bonding moments. Like we got a little bit here and there, Corinne in the workouts, Jay on the D1 training. Like, can you tell us any stories about that stuff? <laughs> um, well, I got one. Well, I got a lot of stories actually, but um, so every time, you know, I know they, they're older, so they don't really have school like that. But even though I was on set and acting and having fun, I still had to do school during that time, which is cool to me. But sometimes I would have to do it on Sundays or like bank hours so I can put in a little bit extra, put in more extra hours when it came to me acting. And I would actually get uh pretty much the whole entire cast and we would all go to the museum and stuff mm -hmm. and go have fun on little field trips because i was able to have field trips uh for school and you know be able to bank hours doing acting and it was just really fun and we all got to bond like every single person in the cast and it was just really cool and i also enjoyed because i used to go to some of the uh workouts with them and yeah it was pretty fun yeah we went to the museum that was a good time I also love museums, so I was just having fun in general. It was, it was really special, you know, because I haven't been to a museum in so long. But just to go and get a break from everything we were doing was really fun. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in between takes, too. You know, I remember when we were in that scary scene in Atlanta, oh. you know, where I'm going to save him. That is over there dancing wild. Like, I'm like, this is supposed to be serious. You know? <laughs> so it was, it, the list goes on. It was, it was a lot of fun. I love it. Thank you guys so much for sharing that with us. For the inspiring story that it is, what message from the film do you hope leaves a lasting impression on movie watchers? Um, well, I really want everyone to know that, you know, even if you're not family, you still can you know, treat someone like family and stuff. And also your friends can end up being your family and that any struggles that you go through eventually, you know, good things will happen. So don't just think that that's just the end of the road. So just keep moving forward and eventually you'll reach success on whatever you're doing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and go with the same thing. I used to say hope all the time. Like, yeah, hope, you know, but as I watched the movie more and I let it sit with me, Family is the number one thing I hope people can gather from this movie, especially in this time right now when there's so much going on in the nation and in the world. I think this is the time where you grab somebody who's close to you or not so close to you and you get close to them, you know, and you just cherish the moments you have with them. Doing this movie, I call my mom every day now. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> so like, yeah, so that's that's what it did for me. That's what I hope people get. Yeah, that's great. I would say that for me... I hope people take away a sense of resiliency. I think Ray isn't handed the easiest, you know, hand of cards, but he the way that he plays it is why he's he ends up succeeding at the end and so I think we're all right now handed, you know, an unfair hand of cards, you know, and it's how we play it and it's how we look at 
at the situation and and you know the the story is really about overcoming obstacles and overcoming the odds and we're being tested right now as um, a collective as a nation and to know that when we lean on each other that's when we are able to succeed so hopefully that's the take there's so many amazing takeaways you know like you can really read so much into his story and I think pull out something that's personal for you. Okay, inspiring story, but inspiring cast here. Okay, can we just say that? Thank you guys so much for being with us here today. Corinne, we are definitely gonna go back and watch that Easter egg and look out for Ray in the movie. Thank you guys so much for being with us here today to talk all things safety. It was a real pleasure. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Our next guests are not only Disney movie fans, they are part of the Disney Movie Insiders team. We're so happy to welcome Adia and Balake. Welcome, you two. Thank you. Hello. Go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us what you do with Disney Movie Insiders. And because we're all fans here, we want to know, what is your favorite Disney movie? Hi, everyone. My name is Adia, and I lead our Disney Movie Insiders brand and strategy initiatives. And yes, my favorite movie is The Lion King. That was an easy one. And hi, everyone. My name is Falake, and I'm also on the Disney Movie Insiders team, and I focus on identifying and engaging all the many fans of Disney movies. And as far as my favorite movie goes, okay, Dia said The Lion King, so I'm going to be different. I'm going to say Beauty and the Beast. Shout out to all the book fans. Shout out indeed, Falake. Okay, and also, again, Adia leading the way with a strong The Lion King. I'd have to say, though, I'm right in the same realm of you guys, like 90s movies. Those were strong. Those were strong. Those are the classics. They were great. Can't go wrong. <laughs> so we know you guys go way back in terms of loving Disney, but how did you find your way to Disney, and what have been your favorite projects to work on so far? I found my way to Disney actually working on a research project when I was in graduate school on one of my favorite content creators, Shonda Rhimes. So through coming out here, I was able to meet um, a lot of the great cast members all throughout Disney and learn about opportunities to join the studio. So it was the coolest homework project you could have ever had. Since joining, I would say my favorite projects so far, the top ones that come to mind because they are so many, especially given that I'm a Disney movie fan myself. Um, One has been leading an organization called The Bond. So that is the um, employee resource group for our black employees here in the LA area. So, you know, being able to create a space and events and a support network so that all of our employees and particularly the black employees here um, could feel seen and supported was an incredible experience. And I would say the other one was being a part of the leadership team as we launched Disney Movie Insiders. So everything from creating our new website, um, our app, all of the different rewards, um, you know, the new logo, the new branding, all of the new um, and exciting elements you've been able to bring over the last year. In a word, groundbreaking. Okay, got it. Just, you know, starting us off small there, idea. Totally impressed. And I'm going to reveal that I've known you for a couple years now and I've seen you on this journey. I adore you. And it's, again, all the things that you talked about, pretty, pretty cool. Falake, tell us about yourself. Thanks, Lisa. So... In my case, I came to Disney in the most Disney way, actually. I had just finished grad school, and I decided during grad school that I wanted to work in entertainment marketing. And 
one day I got an email from a Disney recruiter mentioning the job to me. And from there, it all kind of came together and it really felt like a movie, you know, even just getting the job. And then as far as some of my favorite projects, oh, it's hard, again, it's hard to to decide. I'm relatively new at Disney. I would say I've really loved everything that's allowed me to interact with fans. So um, meeting fans at Essence Fest a couple years ago, or meeting fans at D23 Expo, which was my first expo ever, and it is amazing. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love having opportunities to interact with fans at the movie premieres too. So I would say anything that kind of sweeps you in the grandeur of the movies and fandom have been my favorites. I can't even begin to tell you how much I miss the energy of the events that you just spoke to. Oh my gosh. So I love that. Actually, between the two of you, it sounds like you guys are both Disney fans yourselves, which obviously inspires the best work that we could possibly create in the Disney company. And then, of course, Volake, what you were saying, oh, these big, big moments that we get to be a part of. It's just such a special place to work. Really, really cool stuff, you guys. I loved hearing about your guys' background, how you came to Disney, but let's focus in on Disney Movie Insiders. What are some of the ways you are working to make Disney Movie Insiders a more inclusive community? Here at Disney Movie Insiders, we are definitely passionate about diversity and inclusion. It is a really important aspect in what we do because Um, we know that we're all about our fans and we want to make sure that all of our different fans represented know they have a place here. Uh, We recognize that historically, especially in the entertainment industry more broadly, not all different communities of fans have been represented um, in the ways that, you know, they appreciate and frankly are true to their cultures and their backgrounds. And so we know that it's on companies like ours to, to change that. And with Disney Movie Insiders, we definitely are playing a part in making that positive change. Um, you know, within the studios, I think we've made a lot of great progress in the content that we've shown. So whether it's Coco, Black Panther, Um, Frozen, that franchise, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Moana. It's so exciting to see from a content perspective everything we have in store. But with our programming, we're going ahead and making sure that our programming is also representative of all of our fans. So um, this month, if you haven't checked it out already, Disney Movie Insiders is celebrating Black History Month in a really great way. We have a landing page on our site. So go to DisneyMovieInsiders.com slash Black History Month. You can see all sorts of great activations that we have going across the company or across the, um, across the program from a great trivia segment um, on our social every Tuesday to bonus points throughout the month, um, various opportunities for bonus points, incredible featured rewards. But it's also a place where we're able to showcase what our partners across other other parts of the Walt Disney Company are doing as well. So we're very excited um, to bring this to our members. And we just want to say this is the first of many examples of how we're going to make sure that the stories that we're telling and the way that we engage our fans is representative of all of our fans. So a lot more great work and content and programming to come in that space. Thank you so much. I really appreciate just the honesty obviously the inspiration behind these decisions and more importantly, the fact that Disney Movie Insiders is taking action. And I think that that's really cool that we can give that insider information to our fans out there. But you know what? Before you go, we'd love for you to take on the Insider 5. Are you both ready for this? Oh, we're ready. Yes. Oh, we got a lot of confidence here. I'm liking it. Okay, here we go with the first one. 
What is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? I'd say watching older classics on VHS like Cinderella, but then also watching all the 90s classics, of course, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King come to mind. Yes, the VHS, Balake. I want a VHS. Oh, I miss them so much. All right, Adia. I do too. Um, For me, the earliest memory was watching Fantasia every single day at my babysitter's when I was a child. Okay, repeated viewing began all the way back for you with Fantasia. There it is, of course, groundbreaking idea. What inspired you to want to work in film? For me growing up, the images that I saw in film and television were so powerful and inspiring the type of person that I wanna be and recognizing the impact, seeing the impact that it made on my life made me excited to contribute to making similar impacts to other people. So. The representation, the images that I saw, honestly, was the biggest inspiration. And then for me, similar to Adia, the opportunity to tell stories that have never been told before, especially from filmmakers of color, and then as a pop culture nerd, to really be a part of the uh, cultural moment. Very powerful. Awesome. Okay, next up, what advice would you have for someone who wants to enter this field? I'd say to be curious and absorb knowledge like a sponge. There's so much to learn, watch, listen to, and just being open to hearing all these stories and and watching all of them too. I would echo that advice. Um, I would also say this is an industry that um, really uh, that really um, celebrates relationships. So I think being able to reach out if you see someone who has a story that you find inspiring learning more about it or if there's someone who you know you would be surprised when you reach out and ask people for like a virtual coffee or just a chat to learn more about their experiences as you go um, to pursue your own so many people are honest and willing to speak that um, I would say yeah just reach out meet more people and, and see how their stories can help to inspire your own that's great advice thank you both this one is a little trickier Think hard on this one. If you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park, which would it be? Oh, this one's easy. <laughs> Alice's teacups. Bold choice, Adia. Bold choice. All day. Adia must have all a day. stomach of steel. I would say Matterhorn. Wow. You guys are strong, brave with those selections. I respect you. Last up. Here we go. Which Disney character has the best life advice? And what is it? I'm gonna go with Timon and Pumbaa because Hakuna Matata is a mood, especially for 2021. I'm gonna go with Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas because when she said, listen with your heart, you will understand. I think it's some of the best advice I've ever heard. The best. I am visualizing the leaves, Adia. I love Pocahontas. I love Grandmother Willow. Thank you both so much for joining us today. We really appreciate not only just the insight, but the inspiration and the direction where Disney Movie Insiders is going. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And to you insiders, thank you for joining us. For more information, visit us at DisneyMovieInsiders.com slash presents. And for more information on how Disney Movie Insiders is celebrating Black History Month, visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com slash Black History Month. You can also keep an eye on our Instagram account, Disney Movie Insiders, for opportunities to submit your questions for future episodes. And before we go, enter bonus code Clemson on DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app. The code expires March 31st, 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. 
Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. <laughs>